St. Warburg's Derby. Good evening. Uh, Merry Christmas, indeed. Uh, my name is Phil, and I'm the uh, lead minister here. And I just want to tell you a story this evening. I want to tell you a story. I want to take you back, if I may, to, um, for those of you who can remember it, 1993. Right, it's not that, okay, it's 25 years ago, but um, it was my heyday. Right, it's 1993. I'm 15 years old. I've got long, limp, greasy hair. You might have to imagine that but I genuinely did have hair age 15. And I was listening to um, kind of some more of the grungy stuff. I was listening to Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and that was kind of my scene. But if 1993 was the year of Take That, and Christmas number one, this is how bad 1993 was, Mr. Blobby was Christmas <laughs> number one. So we've, that year has got a lot to answer for. But it was a Monday night... And it was just gone 10 o'clock in the evening, and my phone went. Now, that is highly unusual. You'll remember, back in 1993, there were no mobile phones. So we had one house phone that sat in the hall. And you had to take turns in who used the phone. And you also knew that if the phone went after about 9.30, it was socially unacceptable. Uh, The phone went just after 10 o'clock. And it was a phone call for me. And it was my friend Sarah's mum. And Sarah's mum ran uh, an agency in Southampton. I grew up in Southampton. She ran an agency uh, that got uh, young people onto stage. And she was asking if I wanted to be in a professional production at the Mayflower Theatre the next day. Now, I'd just been in the school um, play, and I'd been involved in stuff, and now I've been asked to be involved in a professional production. This was like my dreams coming true. She then said... If you do this, you'll get two afternoons off school. I mean, I'm sold, right? I'm already there. Then she said, you'll get paid £150. Now, again, this is 25 years ago. That was a lot of money. And I'm like, this, is, this sounds utterly amazing. You'll, do, you'll get Tuesday, Wednesday afternoons off. You'll do perform, performance Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Are you up for this? I was like, absolutely. What, what, what do I have to do? She goes, well, it is ballet, So I, I, I momentarily paused and had a brief, brief think, and I was like, okay, I still see the positives. I can't dance. She's like, you don't have to dance. It's all fine. All you need to do is walk on behind the professional princess dancer. She'll do all the dancing, and you'll stand, pretty much stand still for 15 minutes on the stage while she does her dance, and then you walk off again. It's like, perfect. Happy to do it. And then just before she hung up, she said... Oh, and by the way, you're going to have to wear tights. So don't wear boxer shorts, wear pants. (laughs) Phone down, that was it. Now, the problem here is, and I'm sure you didn't come to a cow service to hear about the vicar's pants, but um, I, I only have white pants because I play cricket. And under cricket whites, you wear white pants. Some ladies might already be seeing where this story is about to go. But we turned up the next day, and we went to wardrobe, um, hair, makeup. And I've got to be honest with you, I looked hideous. And sure enough, I was in tights. And we were doing a first full run dress rehearsal, and this was the only chance we had to practice. 
And I had to follow the princess down some steps, kneel in front of the queen, and then stand to the side. Um, But gents, if you haven't quite worked this one out, what happened is that you have black tights plus white pants plus stage lights equals a headlamp on my nether regions. And I'm stood there with this area glowing, just glowing to everybody, feeling absolutely insecure and um, completely um, kind of just broken by the whole thing. None of us, i tell you this story, why am I telling you about my pants? i tell you this story, because none of us want guidance that leads to us standing in our pants in front of 2,000 people on stage. We have a problem with guidance, because we feel as though if we listen to other people's guidance, it might only be half-baked, it might only get us halfway to the truth. The guidance of wear pants, not boxers was very valid, but she didn't give me all the information I needed. We live in a world in which we are longing for guidance, but we don't know which way to look. Our world is is led by guidance. We've got how much money has been spent on our Christmas adverts this year, telling us what to to eat, what to wear, what to drink, to buy a £872 John Lewis piano, or even just carrots from Aldi. Or is it little? Aldi. We're told what to do. The guidance is there. We're guided by trends, by fashion, by social media, possibly even guided by fake news. Our culture is all around us, telling us what and how we should think and do, and yet we don't like being told what to do in the midst of it. Well, the good news is that the Christmas story, the Christmas message, is one full of guidance. A resounding yes to what it means to be guided by stars and angels and various other things. And we're going to dig into that story this evening. The reason we're in need of guidance is because our world is becoming increasingly complex to navigate. We are um, possibly more politically divided than certainly I've ever known, both here over Brexit or Remain and over in the States. We live in a world that is becoming so complex to try and navigate our way through it. And we're missing any kind of sense of something to guide us, something to, some firm land to place our feet upon, to say this is truth, this is reality, this is guiding us and leading us. Because of technology, we're living in a world that is more connected than ever before, but yet we're lonelier than ever. And we are living through an anxiety epidemic. An NHS survey in 2014 said that over 25% of women aged 16 to 24 had symptoms of some common form of mental illness. Let that sink in for a moment. One in four 16 to 24-year-old ladies have some battle with mental illness. For men aged under 49, suicide is the biggest killer. And in the last 10 years, as a a nation, 
our use of antidepressants has risen by 100%. It feels like we're in need of some form of guidance. We don't know why all these statistics are going this way, whether it's economic or political uncertainty. We don't know whether to blame social media or peer pressure or what it is. But there is complexity, everything. And if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll always get the same result. And I've got to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like we're winning. It feels like pain. It feels like confusion and uncertainty. When really what we're crying out for is some sense of firm ground. Lead me, guide me, give me something other than what I have before me. This year, um, one of my favourite bands, Mumford & Sons, released their new album. And you may have seen this coming. If you've seen all our publicity, Guiding Light, we've completely and utterly ripped it off them. Uh, Fourth album, uh, we forget about their difficult third album, but their fourth album is brilliant. Definitely worth a listen. And uh, Guiding Light is the first track off it, and I think it's amazing. But the lyrics of the song get into this kind of conversation between potentially the writer of the song, Marcus Mumford, and God. It feels like there's a poem, there's a dialogue, there's a question and answer moment going on. And from a biblical perspective, it reads like a psalm. Marcus um, lives near Grenfell Tower. And he saw that horrific tragedy when Grenfell Tower went up in flames and 72 people lost their lives. He saw it out of his window. He responded and he helped uh, as much as he could with the kind of response straight, up, straight away after and has done all sorts of fundraising events and things to support those affected by that tragedy. And when you know that and when you hear that in his lyrics, you realise that there's a battle, there's a, there's a question and answer thing going on for him. He wants more. He doesn't want a God that is just kind of away and hidden from him, but he wants a God that comes close. So let's um, watch this video, Mumford & Sons, Guiding Light. a long way forward from Mr. Blobby. 
If we come back and we're broken, unworthy and ashamed, give us something to believe in and you know we'll go your way. Because even when there is no star in sight, you'll always be my only guiding light. Desperate for something to believe in that guides us and leads us through the complexities of modern day life. And the Christmas story is a story full of guidance. This ancient story of a baby being born is full of moments where someone is guided from one thing to the next. This story that we're called to believe in, and for some of us we struggle perhaps to believe in this, the the virgin birth, the angels appearing, and maybe the hardest thing to believe in altogether, wise men. But yet there's this story. Matthew doesn't give us the story of Mary being guided by the angel Gabriel, where the angel arrived and told her that she, aged 13 or 14, is going to conceive a baby through the Holy Spirit. But Matthew, as we've heard, picks up the story of Joseph, probably 16, 17 years old, committed to marrying Mary. It's more than just our engagement. It's almost like in, in their time, in the Jewish times of about 2,000 years ago, this kind of pledge to be married was a year when you were young, but you were, this was it, you're married. And you're going to prepare yourselves until you finally move into your married home in a year's time. And at that point, Mary turns up pregnant. Joseph must be distraught. All sorts of emotions and letdown and rejection and questions within him. And yet an angel appears to him and says, do not be afraid. Words that I think we long all of us to hear in 2018. Do not be afraid. Whatever your situation, whatever you find yourself in, do not be afraid. The angel goes on to say why Joseph doesn't need to be afraid. Because this baby is conceived of the Holy Spirit. Mary's going to give birth to a son, this baby, Jesus The name means God will save us. You need to give him that name. You are to be his earthly father. Then the story goes on. The Magi arrive, these wise men, these astrologers, who've been searching for guidance. They've been looking at the stars. They've been looking at the sky thinking, tell us something. And they see this star and they follow it. They follow it, firstly, wrongly, to a palace. They think the star must mean it's a king that's being born and therefore it must be royal and so they end up at Herod's uh, place. But then they realise that the star isn't leading them to a place, it's leading them to a person. Leading them to a baby. That this baby is a king. Guidance from angels, from stars, and in the midst of it, guidance for us all from the ancient prophet Isaiah. These words that were written some 700 years before the birth of Jesus say this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. The promise at the centre of the Christian message 
the promise at the center of the, God, the Christmas story isn't that if you believe in God, everything will be fine and you'll be happy and live forever. The promise is that God will be with us. God with us. God with us. Leading us, guiding us, showing us how to plot through life in the midst of all sorts of difficulties. And that's at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. And at the end of Matthew's gospel, we hear it all again, where Jesus says to his disciples these very last words, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because Jesus longs for a relationship with us. He wants to draw near and be alongside each and every one of us. And that is why he came to earth some 2,000 years ago, God to be with us. And it is on that firm foundation that we can stand. It is on that relationship that we can find hope and meaning and purpose. And it is the lens in which we can navigate through our broken and messed up world. And as we trust Jesus, we learn that it's true. That this isn't just some ancient story of old, but it's true and it's real and it's real for us today. Because, let's be honest, none of us want guidance that leads to us standing in our pants on stage in front of everybody. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a God that is aloof and set apart and uncaring. But we want a God who might draw near a God who loves us and wants to be in relationship with us and a God that can guide us and lead us. This may leave you with all sorts of questions. What does this really mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like? It feels like and it looks like relationship and it feels like and it looks like love. If you get nothing else from this evening, May you know that you are loved totally and utterly and unconditionally and forever, never-ending. You are loved because God came to be with us. That's how much he loves us. So this Christmas time, may you know this baby, this king, our saviour. May you know God with you in whatever situation you find yourselves in. And may you know the firm foundation that that gives you, that you are loved and you are to be guided. Let this baby be your guiding light. Amen.